The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Cause I'm stronger. You can tell me lies till I can't believe my eyes. But I'm not the kind to lay down and die. You can fool me once. That's on me. I try it twice. You will see I am stronger than That is the voice of Sean McCann. Solo artist for many years now, but you likely remember him as co-founder of the legendary Canadian band Great Big C. You know that band, Kitchen Party and all of that, pretty much synonymous with a band and a good time usually had by everyone who is at their concerts or whenever you put on in my days, the CDs at the house parties and landed in the kitchen. Um, But as we've learned since he left the band, all that partying was a great cover for alcoholism. The drink being his way to try to forget the abuse he suffered at the hands of a priest, a family friend. Now, Sean, along with his wife, Andrea Argon, who has also been up front with her battles with depression and drinking, are sharing their story to try to help others. That story has been documented in the book they co-authored titled One Good Reason, a memoir of addiction and recovery, music and love. Now, this weekend, the two of them will be speaking at the Sexual Assault Centre of Edmonton's first ever virtual fundraiser right now. We welcome them to 630 Ched. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Oh. Hello, Edmonton. All right. Now, first off, not all couples put all of the dirty secrets out there. They don't share all the dirt. My goodness, you have put it out there and uh, in, in, a, in, in a brutally honest fashion, which for a lot of folks is a good way to, to read it and, and take it in. Uh, Sean, let's start with you. Why the need to do this? Why did you want to do this, rather? Well, I struggled uh, with addiction for almost 35 years, and uh, I was only successful in uh, overcoming that addiction by facing truth. And that was really a difficult thing to do. It's really hard work to really look at yourself with honesty and, uh, and, and at the heart of why you're doing what you're doing to explain your self-destructive behavior, but I think it's really necessary. And I do. I also think that it's it's a very possible thing to do, as, as daunting as it might seem. A lot of yeah. people just don't try because they're so afraid of failure and of, and of the amount of work involved. But I, my advice to everyone is to, is to, if you're serious about sobriety and, and recovery, then you have to do that work, but you're capable and you deserve everyone deserves love and everyone deserves respect. Everyone deserves a life free of addiction because that is slavery. I want to go back in time with both of you because that is where both of your stories start that led you uh, to where you are today. I mean, we, we all have that story. Some of them are, are pretty tough. Some of them are are, are, are really tough. Um, and, Sean, I want to start with you again. Um, where you grow up, the role that religion played in your life, and how that led to um, your drinking. 
Yeah, I was just indoctrinated in the Catholic faith at a, at a very young age. Actually, I was probably four days old when I was baptized. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, and I'm not the only one, and I'm sure there's lots of people out there that can relate to that story. And um, the danger with indoctrination is that it, it kind of robs you of your reason. It's a... You're, you're, and otherwise, otherwise, you'd be able to handle situations. You'd be able to see clearly what was going wrong. And that's something I could not do and was and it resulted in, you know, myself being um, assaulted by a priest because they had way too much power. Um, but I've learned that that happens to a lot of people uh, in various degrees, I guess. But, you know, these things are difficult things to overcome, but they are. You can do it. You can you can face these demons down and you can't solve these problems with alcohol. And, you know, I'm not the only one with problems. Um, and I'm not the only person who resorted to desperate, desperate kind of deeds to try mm -hmm. and not face them. And um, Andrea and I were drawn together for that reason. She's got her own story to tell and her own own demons that she overcame. And Andrea, and I wanted to talk with you about that. Uh, you're the, the the daughter of a Vietnam vet. Um, from what I've read and the interviews I've listened to you talk about uh, growing up, um, you know, on on eggshells. You know, when you talk about those challenges and the and what you faced growing up to where you are now, I mean, how would you describe that? I would describe, I think many people's childhoods can be described as a little bit daunting <laughs> as we look back to it, but, um, you know, it didn't, it seemed normal to me that everybody yeah. had to deal with maybe a father or a, a parent that was uh -huh. uh, Jekyll and Hyde, you know, and I didn't really realize that that was teaching me how to live with an alcoholic, which was mm. soon to be my husband, Sean. Me. <laughs> and um but but what what i think is really important here in both of our stories is that yes and, and you alluded to it in the, in the very beginning is that you know we had to face these truths and us facing them we're normal people we really are and i know sean is you know the guy from great big c and everything but us putting ourselves out there being vulnerable is showing mm -hmm. everybody else that it's okay you can do it too and if you just you know, can tell your secret to somebody and, and face your truth, it can start to get better. And that's really where we want to go with and, and why we wanted to do work with um, SACE because it's such yeah, important they, work. Yeah, they do such great work in this community. Sean, um, I believe it was the, the priest who uh, abused you that introduced you to alcohol. And, and you've talked about keeping drinking um, until you got sober, what, nine years ago, um, in, in an effort, which a lot of people do, is to deal with the pain, to deal with the trauma. And, you know, you look back and I think of the times that I saw you in concert, the times that, you know, I was listening to the music on the radio at a, at, at a, at a party. Um, whatever it was, being in the band was, um, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it provided um, this ongoing opportunity for you to not have to deal with it or not fess up. Because as long as you were drinking and being the party band, you had this opportunity. Yeah, there was, serious, there was certainly no uh, taboo. You know, everyone really wanted and expected to drink with us, the guys from Newfoundland, the guys from Great Big Sea. And, you know, it, it was a state of eternal adolescence in a way, a place to defer your emotional taxes, yeah. you know, and, and just not deal with them. But, you know, these, you just, that, those band-aids, they they're temporary fixes and they're destructive and they don't work. 
ultimately they don't work and eventually we all kind of have to that all the bills come due and you've got to you know you've got to really deal with things and that's why uh, again we wanted to we wrote the book one good reason yeah because sometimes that's all it takes to bring you out of your haze and uh, and and gives you an opportunity to face what needs to be faced and this is something that the the good people who work at SACE the sexual assault center of Edmonton they they have this conversation on a daily basis I imagine uh, you know, and, and especially now in, in the days of COVID, when we know that anxiety and depression, domestic violence, sexual violence, all these things are on the rise. And it's important now that we support them in, in their work. Um, mm-hmm. So they're so they're able to help people, people like me, you know. Uh, so I, I have a very, uh, we're tied to this in a very personal way. So on Friday evening at 6.30, we're going to do uh, a virtual fundraiser. Awesome. to help SACE. Uh, because of COVID, their, their annual fundraiser was canceled. This year, what they're trying to do is raise enough money to get a, a therapy dog for their clients. <laughs> and I'll let Andrea speak to this, but we have two very bad dogs. <laughs> and But they do make us feel better. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you know, might have just heard my bad dog barking in the background. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> alluding to that time when you were talking about when I was younger, um, when I was going through all of that, I did have a dog, a rescue dog, and and yeah. the, I remember specifically being able to talk to him and only him mm-hmm. about all of my feelings and all of the stuff that I wanted to get out into the, you know, just have to, had to get it out of myself and because he wasn't going to tell anybody, but at least I could tell him. And there's something that animals can bring to a situation that not, no other human can. It's that just that, and if you, you have a dog, obviously. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I do. that quiet <laughs> presence, and sometimes not so quiet, of... Yeah, it's okay. You're okay. I'm okay. And I love you. I love you. My apologies. That is Bo Breeze barking in the background and working from home this this afternoon. Maybe you should tune him into the show on Friday night. He'd probably love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, someone just is getting home. You know what? And and yeah, I you you need to find someone to, to talk to, somewhere to, to turn to, somewhere to feel safe, right? And that yep. that finding safe uh, is such an important part of this. And um, I, I I found it interesting when I was when I was reading about your story you know andrea uh, andrea you met sean while you were on while he was on tour kind of talked about uh, you know that love it for that love at first sight that that okay right. yeah yeah and um you mean the one night stand at first sight yes the one, one night stand at first sight but you the know one night as stand a, that never ended <laughs> that never ended and then you know going on the road uh with the band and, and then realizing the challenges that uh, you were in for as a yeah. couple <laughs> I, I i know that you, you took a little bit of a, a a couple of days away from each other during that time though sean it was you that said okay i'm not having another drink it was what november 9th 2011 you said that was it i'm not having another drink and and she comes home two three days later almost says you can't have i don't want you to have any more drink and and now all of a sudden you move forward it was it's amazing to me that it happened that way 
Yeah, well, it, I mean, you've uh, given us the crib notes really quickly because it didn't feel that quick, and nor did it feel that easy. And, it, and I to bet. be honest, it, it wasn't that easy because we and we still go through our times, as does any couple. Yeah. You know, any any family, it's it's you go through your ups and your downs, and um, it's it's we're all works in progress, right? But it, the one thing that I think Sean and I have learned, and I'm speaking for him once again, which I can do very very well these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that if you just don't give up if you just don't give up you may have some back steps but if you just don't give up you can get to where you need to go absolutely sean it must be difficult though to you know when you think of okay well you used the alcohol to help deal with the pain from from your childhood you've been sober now for for quite a long time all of a sudden you have to face what you've gone through without uh the alcohol um and you talk about each day each day right one day at a time and i'm guessing that music helped continue to um guide you through it and help you heal yeah, when I quit drinking first, I mean, I lost all my friends. I was, you know, I didn't know any sober people, and I was very much alone. And, uh, you know, I started to have nightmares about what happened to me, and I really wanted to drink. And uh, I, I just didn't have anyone to turn to. I didn't have a social circle that was sober. So I, uh, but I did have m- my guitar, and I did have my songs. And they were, they, they were the friends who never left. And I really believe, like, like a dog, who who is unconditional love and asks for nothing except food (laughs) music is the gift that keeps giving and then really asks for nothing back and it has everything to give and for me it was where i got my strength and i think no matter what challenges are thrown at you and i think that's really probably really important even today certainly with all the uncertainty that we live with now everyone does daily if you prepare uh, yourself by making yourself stronger then you can mm-hmm. you can pretty much succeed at almost anything I think, mm-hmm. but you have to you have to kind of work on yourself. It means daily. Uh, for me, it means picking up the guitar and strumming and singing and writing and and remembering and and you know all of that. You know, is emotional and it's difficult and it's hard, but it's rewarding. And I think what I, if there's one thing I've learned, it's like if something is is hard, it's it's difficult. It probably just means there's going to be a really great reward when you get through it at the end. And that's how I describe my journey in recovery. That's that's how it feels like every day, you know, like <laughs> there's a win here. Um, I almost lost everything, but I didn't yeah. because I didn't give up. Uh, Andrea, you must be incredibly proud of Sean. Well, every day. Like, honestly, every day. And She and loves me. She can't take her eyes <laughs> off me. Now, listen, now he's going too far. We both know that that's not true. He's <laughs> all over me. Again, it's been six months in isolation. We all know that's not true. Okay. You know what? Um, I just had a text message from um, a friend of this show who shared his story of being um, uh, sexually assaulted by uh, a neighbor y- years back, and, and, and Neil texted and said thanks to both of you for supporting the Sexual Assault Center of Edmonton. Um, that the, the Sexual Assault Center of Edmonton, he says, saved his life. Oh. So you know that your words this weekend coming up um, are going to be powerful and strong and important and uh, look forward to, to tuning in to, to listen to them. And uh, I want to thank you for continue, continuing to be willing to share your story because um, it, it can be a tough one but it's an important one absolutely it is and like all you Edmontonians out there I I can't (laughs) wait to sing for you again and talk to you again 
please support SACE and join us. We'll, we'll be singing and talking and singing and reading. It's going to be a fun night. It's going to be, be a, a great, great night. night, a powerful night, and we're going to do some good. Oh, thank you so much. And you, you've done some good already just by talking about it. Sean, Andrea, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Thanks thank so you. Much, We'll see you soon. All right. Take care. Sean McCann, one of the co-founders of uh, Great Big C, now a, a solo artist. Uh, Andrea Argon, his wife. The book is One Good Reason, a memoir of addiction and recovery, music and love. They are doing a virtual show this weekend for the Sexual Assault Center of Edmonton. You can get your tickets still at sace.ca. Been a long time now since you left me here alone. But I don't mind, cause I have grown and I feel alright. Something must be wrong. Gonna take my time, gonna sing my song.